Welcome to Perspectives, a podcast by Essence Learning LLC, and a place where leaders learn from leaders. Let's join today's episode. Hello, and welcome to another episode of our Perspectives podcast brought to you by Essence Learning. I'm excited today to be able to host this important conversation that we're going to have on mental health. Um, We're going to really focus on how we create headspace at work and the mental health and and aspect in the workplace, as well as bring in some community aspects that affect our mental health in the workplace as well. I have some amazing panelists with us today that are community leaders, as well as mental health leaders and that will be able to share their advice, tips, strategies for how to really focus on mental health in the workplace. Before we jump into today's subject, I'd like to give our panelists an opportunity to introduce themselves. So I'll go ahead and start who's in studio with me. Joel, if you want to go ahead and introduce yourself to our listeners. Hi, I'm Joel Bangalin. I'm the librarian at the Holocaust Museum, Houston. Very amazing. And we'll go to Destiny next. Hi, my name is Destiny Wells. I am an academic success coordinator with um, a college in Texas, and I also am a master's student working on my master's in clinical mental health counseling. Great, and then Dr. Phillips. Hello, I'm Dr. Tiffany Phillips. I am a school psychologist at Harris County Department of Education. Thank you all for joining us today um, to talk about this conversation. I'm looking forward to hearing your perspective and I know our listeners are as well. So, you know, right now during our time, more than any year I've, I've seen, mental health has become a very important topic. Um, we're dealing with a lot of issues that are affecting us from 2020 with the pandemic and then moving on to what's happening in the world right now. So just so our listeners know, you know, when we talk, there's so many different aspects to mental health, but what is it? What is mental health? Whoever wants to get us kicked off, Dr. Phillips, would you like to answer that? Sure. Um, When I think about mental health, I'm thinking about the overall well-being of somebody's mind, um, their emotional well-being, their psychological well-being, just how fit are you um, inside is generally and broadly how we define mental health. Destiny, Joel, anything to add? Yeah, so I would I would say that in addition to that, when I think about mental health, um, like like Tiffany mentioned, like thinking about it from a holistic standpoint. Um, mm-hmm. So just also noting that like your mental health has an impact on every other part of your life, right? So um, it's definitely important that we're having these conversations so that people can be aware and things like that. And I think at the workplace, it's 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 whether or not you have the tools to deal with the stress uh, mm-hmm. and the things that, that affect you emotionally at, at, at work and as well as intellectually. So uh, it, it's, it's a matter of, of not just keeping conditioned and taking care of yourself, but also keeping your mind conditioned and, mm. and keep, as much as you do your body or, or your physical health. Yes, agreed. Yeah. All right. I think those are all important aspects to for our listeners to know for clarity what you know mental health is and all the different aspects. Joel, you you talk about mental health in the workplace, right? And I think for a lot of people it can be confusing because 
we go to work and we don't even think about somebody, what somebody next to us is going through or how that mental health affects us as well. What are, you know, some common signs that we can look for as leaders, as colleagues, as someone maybe that that we work with every day that is going through poor mental health? What are some of those signs, some, some cues that we can look for? As a, as a librarian and who supervised at, at public libraries, uh, I, uh, I, I oversaw a staff of about 150 people in San Antonio. And one of the signs of someone who was not happy mm -hmm. uh, was that they were always late mm. uh, or that, you know, they were always uh, in conflict with somebody. Some people, you know, just even thrive on conflict and feel like that, 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 uh, that they, they look, they have to look for those sorts of situations and, and, and uh, uh, create those situations that cause kind of causes conflict and, and disagreement. Um, and but those those are all things that 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 create even more stress and create even more yes. problems and more challenges and so sometimes they snowball into even bigger things of well I didn't get this report in on time or I didn't go to this event or or uh, I didn't take care of this or I didn't make this decision in time so it it uh, I think uh, but. We also have to remember that we're we're a whole being, not just a workplace being and a and a home being. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know what the professional words are for that. <laughs> we're a whole individual. You know what I'm saying? Like um, when something is happening at home, and say your a relationship is ending, or say yes. it's changing, or or even if your dog dies, you know that has an impact on on your on work as well because you can't just leave that at the door right like some people want want you to do that's hard to separate yeah it kind of follows you yeah. where you go whatever happens at home affects you yeah. no matter what what door you walk into right right yeah. dr phillips destiny anything to add to that yes were you about to talk this no go ahead okay um some of the things that i that come to mind when I think about um, mental health in the workplace and like signs, um, I kind of think about like generally speaking, your like changes of routines with your mm. colleagues or even yourself. Um, so Joel kind of hit on like, say somebody's typically always punctual or always on top of their work. Um, then you may see a little bit more typos or um, missing deadlines, or you may have that one colleague um, that whose appetite fluctuates and changes when they're overwhelmed. So you may start to see them skipping lunch. Um, you may start to see a change in their appearance. Like maybe they're normally um, very neat and clean cut, but now all of a sudden their hair is a little flustered or it, it seems like mm, that's typically not how they are. Um, missing deadlines, um, vocally expressing that they're feeling overwhelmed or man i'm not doing the best like i typically can or things of that sort um and kind of missing different cues um or on the opposite end i kind of talked about skipping lunch but then you also have people when they get overwhelmed um they start to eat a whole lot more 
Um, maybe somebody was a, a bit more of a healthy eater and you start to see them eating a little bit more unhealthy foods, snacking more throughout the day um, and eating more than what they do. What they would typically do is definitely a sign um, of just kind of like that something mentally is not is not clicking, um, showing up very lethargic and tired um, and them saying like, man, I wasn't able to sleep last night. Like are things that we may hear throughout our workday, but just not think much about it. Like, oh, you're tired, but man, I've noticed for the past couple of days, so-and-so has always report, has started to report more frequently being tired. Um, I think that those are things um, that kind of indicate um, some issues that are going on, maybe either being overwhelmed, getting close to being having some burnout, um, or even if you do have a, a colleague that starts to miss work um, and isn't showing up and starting to take a little bit more days outside of like, oh, you're going on vacation, but just uh, calling in sick repeatedly. Uh, that may be something too that you can tie to like your mental health and burnout. Yeah, I would say even kind of piggybacking off of like what um, Joel and Tiffany just said is that like when you start to notice those signs, I know it can be, um, especially in the workplace, whether it be like as a leader or as a colleague, um, sometimes you don't want to like cross those boundaries, right? Or like cross those lines. Um, but I would encourage that if you start to notice those signs, whether you be, like I said, a leader or a colleague, to to have a conversation. I know that a lot of times it can be uncomfortable. Um, you I even say this, right, as someone who's trying to go into the field, I'm like, I, I tell Tiffany all the time, like, I don't have the words, like, I'm not really sure what to say. And sometimes just asking them, like, right, like, hey, like, I noticed this, like, is, is everything okay? Just kind of like checking in because, you know, it, it could be for a variation of reasons, right? Um, yeah. But yeah, you definitely want to want to have that conversation, at least open it up, right? Um, and if they're not comfortable talking about it, that's fine. Um, but at, at least they a lot of times when people are struggling with their mental health, um, they also will go into like this stage of like isolation. And so like making sure that that person knows like, hey, you're not alone. We notice you, we see you. Um, if if you want that help or if you're ready for that help, like there are resources out there. Like let's try to get them connected to it. Right, I think that you all gave some great advice on how to look for those those clues those you know those clue ins on how somebody may have bad mental health at that time in the workplace for our leaders that are listening what does that mean for our workforce how does that impact the way that we work and the things that we do how do all of those things that you all just mentioned about the not showing up on time the eating habits the isolation how does that all affect um in the workplace really our effect on our work how we get the projects to, what impact does that have when we have poor mental health in the workplace? I would say that, I mean, one of, I would say that one of the biggest things that it's going to have an impact in is the, like the productivity, right? Um, so again, mm -hmm. as we, as we've kind of mentioned, right, whether it be, um, turning in assignments, reports, whatever it is that you do, like in your respective fields, right? Um, if you're working, maybe, closely with like actual clients or something like that, the convert those, those relationships, you know, or is not, or maybe not as strong as they used to be or something like that. So it's, it's going to impact the productivity. But then I would also say that um, when you have someone on your team, right, who is struggling with their mental health, eventually, if, if it's not something that is addressed, it could also have an impact on the rest of the team as well. Right. Like, um, 
as much as we may not want to admit it, we've we've most of us have probably dealt with that person who we would maybe like deem as quote unquote disgruntled or different things like that, right? But essentially they were probably just struggling with something within their mental health. But it, it has an impact on on the team, on the people around you, right? Um and so especially from from a leader stamp from a from a leadership standpoint, um it it's gonna impact not just the things that you need to get done, but it's gonna impact those people that are on your team as well. Yeah. Um, I think adding to productivity, um, just the overall quality of the work that we're producing, right? So if we're stressed and our and we have that brain fog that's going on, our best ideas aren't being able to to come forth. We're not as collaborative if we're if we're reclusing um, or staying to ourselves, right? Like overall, the quality of the work that we're producing gets impacted because we're not able. You can't pour from an empty cup. So if I have nothing left to give, I can't give anything to my work or my colleagues or any of that because I myself am not full. I think as a supervisor uh, in, in, in libraries and in a government structure, uh, it really affected customer service. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. folks, when they were sad or angry or, or, or uh, with very strong emotions, it, they often took it out on our customers, oh, yeah. you know, or or uh, uh, it, it affected how they how they served those people, uh, you know. That you could see how weary someone was if they're going through something at home, mm. or uh, you could see how how they how how they might find something tedious. Uh, like I, I just answered that question about a million times. Mm -hmm but they don't realize that that's the first time that customer might have asked that question. So, um, and so they, they grow, uh, they grow tired of, 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 of interacting with people. And I think that's really important. It's that, uh, you know, it's not just a personal productivity, but it's how your, even your image among your customers and your clients and, and, and in your industry, uh, uh, how you how you appear to those mm -hmm. those peers and those folks? Yeah, yeah, I I couldn't agree more. And um, our parents, I noticed that too. You notice that kind of in social media, there's been a decline in customer service and the way that customers are treated. You see, you see and hear complaints. And I really like what you said, Dr. Phillips, about the you have an empty cup, and when you have nothing else left to pour, what else do you have? You, if your cup is empty, I can't give you water. Right. And more now than recently, it seems to be people are walking around with a lot of empty cups. There's a lot of things that have changed um, in the last couple of years. COVID, I know we talk about that, right? Um, people were isolated and quarantined for days, so that affected mental health. But we also have recently had some movements along the social justice um, world as well. And myself being a DEI professional, I've noticed, you know, more and more when we have things happening like the mass shootings, uh, where people of color are getting killed or even children, um, as in what happened in Uvalde, um, protests and different things that are occurring, it's also affecting mental health and it's playing an impact in work as well. What changes have you all noticed in the last couple of years that have impacted the mental health world and what are people expecting or bringing into the workplace from these challenges that have happened? I know it's a pondering question. 
if anyone wants to be brave and, and kick us off with with that because i know it's it's played a big impact in our our, our last what two years just two years recently so yeah something interesting oh i'm sorry no, go ahead. <laughs> um, okay something interesting that um i at my current job that i have not had before or ha i haven't had come up before um, we were going over what our academic calendar would look like for next year. And they had, you know, three different calendars like, okay, well, there's this one, there's that one. And one of the first things that our superintendent said was like, hey, when we started to create this calendar, we were trying to be able to give our teachers um, at least once a month, you know, some extra days or extend a break. Um, within reason, because we understand burnout is very real. Um, and we want to be able to kind of fill in mental health days, even if our staff isn't going to like take them on their own. Let's create those opportunities for them to have more days um, for them to kind of recharge. I've read articles of other companies that have started to implement policies such as like unlimited PTO, um, to kind of put that out there to say, hey, you know, we're understanding that people are struggling um, and that we can't just turn things off. Like Joel said, I thought it was brilliant. We are whole individuals. So whatever happens at home, it comes into the schools, it comes into the libraries, it comes into, you know, the colleges, wherever we are. And so I think companies have realized, like, we have to do something to kind of like support our employees. So that's one thing scheduling wise I've, I've seen and heard start to come up. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would, would, no, go ahead, Joe. Go ahead. I was just going to talk about again, it, again, customer service has changed because of all the, all of these things. I think we also have a workforce that's less skilled and less practiced. Um, you know, we have kids who, you know, who might be on our front lines who, the only interactions that they've had for the past year was with somebody on a screen. And it's, mm -hmm. you know, I, I was just at a, a amusement park yesterday and, and the kids just didn't make eye contact, you know, mm. when I was ordering food or even getting onto a roller coaster. And, and it was just kind of a little odd to me that they, they just don't seem to have the practice of, of, of talking to people, talking to people in person. And, um, not realizing that 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 when you're right in front of a person, you see everything about them. Right. You know, you see where their hands are doing. You see what their body posture is, and and there's so much un uh, nonverbal communication that's happening mm -hmm. that, that doesn't get picked up by a camera screen or or, or a camera and a screen rather. So. Yeah. yeah, those social interactions, right? Have changed definitely because of that and more kids are being brought up in the zoom world right. than in person to person world so I, I know those interactions do change uh destiny i know you had something that you wanted to add into that yeah so i was going to mention that um with within I, and i definitely understand that i'm coming from i, I believe within uh the the line of work that i do right like i i feel like i'm coming from a place, place of privilege that um since since COVID, since um, you know, just different things have happened, social justice issues. Um, I, I feel like a lot more conversations have been happening, right? Like um, that, and I 
I'm, I'm very appreciative of that, right? Again, we don't always have the language for it. We don't always know exactly like how it is that we can help. But um, I remember, you know, just I haven't been a working professional for too long, but they are... Um, I remember like talking, you know, with my parents and different things like that. And Tiffany and I have this conversation all the time. I don't think that previous generations have had the opportunity to stop in the workplace, especially, right? Like even at, at home, but even this, like, especially on the workplace to stop and be like, hey, how are you today? Like, how are you feeling, right? Like to open up, to engage, to have those conversations. Um, and so I know that it's still not happening in every single um you know, industry or things like that. But I feel like a lot more, it's it's just becoming a lot more common practice, a lot more um, to, to, to be able to open up and engage and have those conversations. And I also notice um, a lot more companies and organizations whether it be like them actually hiring someone to do, to provide mental health services or they're being more intentional with providing like um, those mental health services maybe through their... Um, why am I completely missing the word right now? Through their healthcare, right? Yeah. Through, right. Through your yes. <laughs> so that's something that I've noticed as well. Yeah, I, I definitely have noticed that um, in in the corporate world, professional world, there's been an increase in our benefits, our employee programs, employee assistant programs, like you mentioned as well. Um, so what can leaders do? You know, we do have those programs set up, but as far as mental health in the workplace, what can our leaders do? What strategies can they start to implement to, to help people? I know, Tiffany, you mentioned things like PTO policies and implementing those changes for more days off for mental health days. But what are some other things that our leaders can really start to do to start working on mental health in the workplace to um, ensure that their employees are taken care of? I think that's really important, the, the employee assistance programs, uh, that that those benefits be in place and that those be available. Uh, a lot of times it's just awareness for the for the for the employee mm. that they don't know that it's there or they don't know exactly how to take advantage of it. Um, as a uh, an individual who had suffered through depression, I was grateful and it was actually quite life-saving uh, that that my my job my employers offered um, EAP and uh, we I was able to take advantage of it. I instead of finding you know the couch and the home chair uh, psychiatrist yes. I was able to find a professional person who knew what they were doing yeah. and was able to counsel they were able the person was able to counsel me uh, and even uh, 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 meet my medical needs as far as uh, uh, my mental health and and gave me some strategies and plans so in dealing with um, uh, depression and uh, and and the impact of COVID and quarantine and all of that was was quite stressful for for a lot of us. Yeah. Right. I also think that um, check-ins with your with with your employees um i think those temperature checks to kind of see um culturally in terms of climate how are we doing what are we doing well in what are areas that we can improve in um what are some some rules and protocols that maybe we need to revisit and see what type of impact it is having um even just being creative with how we schedule 
Um, and I always, Destiny has probably heard this rant before when I talk about interviews and things of that sort, um, but really being mindful of who we're interviewing and hiring. And with that, what supports we could build in place because we're getting to know who we're putting in our um, businesses. So for example, if, if somebody, if we learn that somebody or they disclose that they are anxious, maybe maybe a hybrid model would work well, or maybe a work from home would work well for them. Um, and kind of seeing what, if that, if that works for um, the employee. So I think just coming up with different ways for scheduling. If you have people that are like, oh, I'm good early morning, early morning person. Well, you may not want to put them in the afternoon shift because they're going to give their best work, you know, when they're bright eyed, bushy tail kind of things like that. Um, I am such a huge advocate for like doing trainings and things of that sort to bring in personality assessments like the Myers-Briggs and things of that sort, because it really allows you to start to look at the different dimensions of your employees and to be able to come up with different ways to support um, your employees. So I think that that's other ways that we can improve with the mental health of the people that we're hiring um, is by getting to know the different layers of them. That, that flexibility, right? right. <laughs> <laughs> for employees the flexibility. Um, I love that you talk about the education of things, the education and awareness, because you don't know what you don't know. And um, you just you can't go and make assumptions about somebody's life as well. So I think that's important too. Destiny, what about you? What strategies do you have to offer our our leaders? Yeah, so I would I would definitely say that relationship building piece it's so big, right? Like we've 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 said that a few times on here, but we are people outside of these roles that we have, right? Um, the titles that we hold. Um, so getting to know your your employees, the people that you supervise, or even just like your colleagues, right? Um, getting to know them as much as you know you can, obviously within respect, you know, um, professionally, but getting to know them outside of that, uh, again, so that you can be able to notice some of the signs, those different things, right? Um, but I think another big thing is, especially from a leadership role, it's gonna be important that you're taking care of yourself as well. Um, again, talking about yeah. that, if you are a leader who is like, I can, I can give you the information all day, right? But if I'm not walking and talking that same, if I'm not walking that walk, you know what I mean? Then your your employees can tell, right? And it's also going to, um, it's going to spill over to to your team, um, to the productivity, to all those different um, aspects. So that would be the one thing that I would say is to build, well, the two things, I guess, to build that relationship and then to also make sure that you're taking care of yourself. Yeah, I love that aspect, right? Because as a leader, I know myself, I have to listen to everybody else's comments and complaints yeah. and I know they're not in a rain head space and then I forget that I'm stressed. I'm going through personal things in my life as well. And I have a team I have to take care of. But I still like Joel said, I'm still a human an individual. And I can't forget that as a leader as well when I walk into that space that I should be also taking advantage of those programs, employee assistance and then taking time out for myself to take days off if I need it for, for a mental, I just need a mental health day, um, yeah. which is something I did after the mass shooting in Buffalo. I felt it was very impactful to me in my heart. And so I took the next day off because I was like, I just can't work and not think about what's going on in the world. Um, and taking those mental health days is, is, is very important. 
So we're, we're coming to close to the end of our podcast, but before we do end, I just want everybody to share what are the resources? Um, if you know, maybe you don't feel comfortable going to work, maybe you're not in the EAP program. What are mental health resources that our listeners can go ahead and reach out to? What can they do right now if they need help? I know there's so many, and they have, they vary by city. But what 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 suggestions would you give for them to get go out and get resources, or what resources are available for for individuals? With with larger companies, I think you have to work with your human resources person and ask them what what uh, what what uh, ask them what resources are available to employees. Um, and uh, with small businesses, uh, you know check your benefits packages and i mean that mental health is part of your health insurance mm -hmm. i know that there's a lot of like national hotlines um that you can call that you can text um that kind of give support um i don't know them like off the like top of my head we were on I, the same page because I, I was i was looking up the number because i was like i don't want to be wrong when i right, say right right and that's how <laughs> i was kind of looking i thought i had printed it out but i did not um but there's a lot of hotlines um a lot of directories online that you could just do a quick google search sorry my dog has been quiet all day <laughs> um so um a lot of directories that you could look up and i even think that something like a um I journal a lot. And so journaling and writing things down in the meantime, in between time has been very helpful for me. Yeah. So kind of going off of what Tiffany said, um, I was able to look up. So there is the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. And so that is national. Mm -hmm. um, their hotline is open 24 seven. Their phone number, if anybody needs the opportunity to write it down is one 662 4357. So 1-800-662-HELP. Um, and so that is a place that you can call in and to be able to get services uh, or to be able to find out what services may be available for you locally. Um, but then I'd also like to say, especially for um, maybe some of those like speaking as a millennial and then even maybe speaking to some of the Gen Zs who um, maybe don't necessarily like to take like the traditional route, right? Um, and while I always encourage you to find like a licensed professional, um, there are a lot of resources that are available online as well, right? So um, me personally, I'm, a, I'm the type of person who will listen to a podcast. Um, I will go on YouTube, just try to figure things out, right? Um, and so that has, that has helped me along my journey, you know, in conjunction with finding a licensed professional. So if that is something that is helpful for you, um, that's, I think with with the conversation of mental health in general is that there's no like like one size fits all right it's going to be what works for you um the what helps one person may not necessarily help the other um so figure out what it is that helps you to feel good and i think it's also important to remember there's no shame in asking for help yes you, you, you we and we've uh, we as supervisors or as, as leaders in our organizations we also have to to control that that tide uh, you you can ask for this. You, this mm -hmm. is uh, the, it's it, what, first of all, it's one of your rights. <laughs> so you have a right to mental health. You have a right to asking for help. You have a right to do all of that. So uh, you know uh, when we are able to discover and and if you're able to just just Google search, 
it shouldn't be a shameful thing or we shouldn't say that that's not something you could do on, on work time or, you know, that that is something that they need to take care of. Um, and that because, again, that that's part of being that whole human person, that whole that whole being. Um, so I, I, I just got to encourage that. Please don't shame your your employees if they're looking for help. Yeah, uh, that that is such an important note to you on. It's okay. You have a human right to mental health, right? Um, and I, I just want to say that that's such a key statement, such a heavy, impactful statement is that you do. Because I know a lot culturally, people are ashamed to ask for mental health. They feel like it's not in their culture. I'll pray about it. I'll do this and this about it. um, Or as a male, a lot of men don't ask for mental health resources because, you know, I'm supposed to be tough. I can handle this on my own. But it's okay. And everybody has that right to ask for help. There are people like you three who are great with sharing that and asking and directing people in the right way. So I want to thank you all for joining us on our podcast today um, and to talk about how we create that headspace uh, for mental health, especially at the workplace. As This is important to Essence Learning. We are uh, very dedicated to mental health and helping people achieve who they are and developing their total you. Um, And we also have great goal setting tools as well. We have our own goal setting tool that helps people set their goals. So if they want to work on mental health and they want to develop personally in their life, we can definitely help with that and walk them through our goal setting technique as well. Um, And so I just wanted to point that out. And of course you can, um, get more information for that at essencelearning.net. Thank you all for joining us today on this episode on creating a headspace for work, mental health in the workplace. Thank you, Dr. Phillips, Destiny, Joel, for joining me to bring light to this important subject. I'm Kenitria Kiki-Hikes signing off on behalf of Essence Learning and today's Perspectives podcast. Thank you. Thank you for joining Perspectives, a podcast by Essence Learning LLC. Essence Learning is your solution to personal and professional development. We partner with our clients to develop a learning strategy that will increase productivity, enhance performance, and align with their purpose and goals. For more information visit us online at essencelearning.net or call us at 1-877-657-5755.